0: This is uh the slant and go. This is it's April 4th, 2020. Our first ever episode was released on the April
1: 4th, 2015. Is that oh, wild? That is wild. time flies when you're doing a podcast and a half every year. It's pretty <laughs> pretty great. Uh, no. I, no, that's that is crazy. Uh I remember just Randomly, like how this whole thing came together, you know, it was mm-hmm. as, as random as it gets. So, for the sake, for the fact that it's still going um, this long after, is great. This has been fun. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've been able to grow our our uh, our listener base, you know, <laughs> by t- maybe tens of people, and that's that's the type of progress that, like, you know, you really you get into this business for. You get into. Oh yeah. You know, you know, you want to make an impact to. Upwards of nine people a year, per average.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's like exponential growth. Oh no! Yeah, too, yeah. Soon. too oh. soon, actually. Damn it. With everything that's going on, but um, oh, yeah. no, yeah. I mean, it's been a, it's been fun. It's like I, I think how many? It's this is episode. I don't. This is twenty seven. 27. 27. Yeah. So that's that's more than five episodes a year. That's true. That's true. Pretty prolific.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the best we've ever done. You know, like let's. It is. It it's the only this podcast we've. Done. I was gonna leave that part out but this is the most successful <laughs> podcast you know we've ever been a part of that's saying something
0: <laughs> that's yeah you not. you're
1: not wrong well you're when you wrong. when you define success any possible way then obviously it's, it's easy to just
0: <laughs> oh boy yeah so five years five years of the slant and go man um, I
1: can't believe Craig is still listening it's wild what a guy what a guy um, amazing I Something reminded me of that first, uh, the the true first episode mm-hmm. uh, a while back. Just because, I mean, at this time, obviously, with everything that's going on, it seems like many years ago that I was even at a bar hanging out talking sports. But uh, mm-hmm. for that first episode to just be true, just open mic night, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a hole in the wall, uh, was a wild time. Um, to anyone that hasn't listened to that episode, don't. Because... Uh, the chance of you listening. <laughs> the chance of you listening. If anyone
0: who hasn't listened to that episode, don't.
1: If you already haven't, if you have not yet, I should say. Uh, yeah. Skip just, it. Do not. Just, like,
0: Skip to the last like three or four episodes we, maybe. We
1: implore you, please, please do.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was fun though. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. it's been fun great. To, uh, yeah, it's at some point, you know, once all this weird pandemic stuff is over. Yeah we'll get to together again at a bar with our yeah. microphones and our yeah. little like digital recorder, and, you know, record an episode in person.
1: We'll run it back. Yeah. I'm
0: yeah. Right. Zoom is, zoom is great. That's what we use for, to record this stuff. Um, it's great. Cause we're, you know, I'm in Portland and Nor's in San Joe's, but, uh, yeah, it's, there's nothing like uh, being at a bar with all the background noise and all the like yeah. craziness and you know, rounds of Coors and all that kind of stuff.
1: And uh, Yeah.
0: Um, you know
1: free shots getting thrown at us because people don't know what else to do. Uh, you know don't like guys
0: with microphones they must need like, shots.
1: yeah, what why, just wild ass <laughs> opinions coming in um, uh-huh. you know it was what a what a time. What a crazy, yeah. crazy time.
0: yeah you know, if I had been more organized as the podcast producer, I would have gone back to previous episodes and kind of done like a best of highlights or something, run you know kind of rolled some tape of like. Cricket is a picnic and all that, all that kind of stuff that happened. at, <laughs> at different points in the, the episodes. The deep cuts,
1: the hidden yeah. gems. Um, yeah, when there's no highlights to speak of. I assume that would be an easy <laughs> project for you to do. Uh, yeah, it would take about ten minutes, but yeah, it, um, it'd be us doing the intro, the outro, just like over and over loop together, and then yeah. <laughs> that'd be. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, a, it know. is crazy to think about how this whole thing got started, and you know the fact that um, mm-hmm. we've been able to, you know. Keep it rolling uh, to where it is now. But really excited. I mean, uh, right now, take what you will. That can be a a remotely positive distraction Mm -hmm. from from everything that's going on. So, Mm -hmm. I'd I'd love to not be worried about if the season's actually going to happen or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. it seems like it's it's Mm -hmm. it's just as weird as anything.
0: It's weird, right? Like the NFL's their official position is that the season's happening. Yeah. Like nothing's changed until, you know, further note. I mean, you know, anything could happen. I'm like, what's his name? Said the spokesman guy. Yeah. I could, I could be dead tomorrow. He said, it's like, well, that's not, that's maybe not the right thing to say during a pandemic, but Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, they're acting like it's all going to just happen. And I mean the league, uh, the chief medical guy for the league, is being much more realistic about it. It's like, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to have to be like, I can't imagine getting sixty thousand people together in a stadium. Yeah. And if you know, if if one person on either team tests positive, both teams and their staff then have to be quarantined for two weeks. It's like, well, yeah. it just doesn't seem very realistic. You know, so I don't. know. Yeah,
1: considering what we've already seen, and obviously, I mean, we it's well well documented. This is majoritively an NFL podcast, occasionally dabbling into. And you know, college football or something like that. You know, but it's usually NFL-centric. But given a recent example, you know, like the NBA, the NHL, even pro, uh, you know, Major League Baseball, yeah. it it really just took like one to maybe two like active players showing symptoms and and then you know getting tested rather quickly because you know who else is going to test rather quickly? But uh, <laughs> getting them tested quickly and getting a positive, you know, confirmation. That yeah. that really put everything into a whole different landscape, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty quickly, the NBA was like, whoop, cool, we're stopped, we're done. And the NHL, yeah. similarly, and, you know, opening day didn't happen for baseball. And, like, it took that. So, I don't know, maybe because the NFL is able to kind of be hands-off right now but still have things majoritively moving along that they are just sort of assuming, hey, we can keep going through this as we are going through the motions and, and, and every which way we're able to work around this. And that by the time, you know, even if they skip OTAs, nobody cares. They don't care about OTAs. The teams will look ugly for like the first two, three weeks and everybody will be fine. But, yeah. you know, once it gets to preseason, that's when they're going to be like, okay, make a break time. Is this happening or not? So I think giving themselves the utmost, like the most amount of time between now and then is why they're able to have this kind of for lack of a better term brash confidence that but, but why not be why
0: not be more realistic about? It? Why not say that? I, like why not be like you know we may not be able to do things during the summer but like we're optimistic to right by preseason we'll be able to hold games maybe not without fa- maybe not with fans I, in the stadiums.
1: I don't know cuz I I will, honestly I would be it'd be more refreshing to hear that in my opinion than to just this sort of like I don't know a, assumption presumption that everything's going to just proceed as it is rather than say hey we're working on what if this? What if you know X, Y, and Z happens before that? Okay, well then we are, we'll we'll adjust. And what it'll take, but it's going to take a lot for the season to get canceled. Even if it got down to oh, we have a 12 game season, we have a some something. They'll they'll figure out a way to do something. It's it's tough to yes. say that they'll just yeah. Cancel. I mean,
0: I could see the you know I I could see that yeah, canceling like the first three or four games or something. Pre-season was canceled or something like that. But it, like, why not acknowledge it? That's, the, that's the thing I don't get. It's like, why not just be upfront about all that? Like, why pretend like it's all just going to happen as, like, is it because they like need to sell like season tickets or something like that? Like,
1: uh, it could be the TV deals. It could be season mm-hmm. tickets. It could be, it could be a lot of things. It's a great question. I certainly wish uh, there was anything I had close to a concrete answer, but purely throwing up speculation here. I mean, when there was the, the lockout with the refs, And the Mm -hmm. reps were working on their labor deal and everything like that, and you had the replacement refs, and all hell was breaking loose. And oh yeah, you know everything that went on. That wasn't even that was barely talked about in in any kind of like Mm -hmm. media circles, football websites, NFL Network, whatever it might be. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't. And if they were talking about it, I feel like they weren't. Person, personally, I don't feel like they were. Maybe highlighting as much as they could have, and maybe that's the league telling them like, hey, let's let's not talk about this until it's like really a thing. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's sort of how they approach things like this right it's not Hmm. at all the same i'm not trying to equivocate the two i'm just saying that was eerily similar in terms of let's not talk about it until it's you know
0: yeah similar in terms of like the pr message right like they're yeah they're controlling the message
1: yeah they're like Mm -hmm. you know let's not talk about it until oh tomorrow's the deadline to make a decision that's Mm -hmm. yeah all right
0: well fine i mean you know, I'd be sad if the league didn't, like, if it didn't happen. But it, I also, I'd be sadder if they, like, jumped the gun and had the league, yeah. had the season happen, got people together in stadiums yeah. before the thing was under control. That would just yeah. be irresponsible. That'd
1: be foolish in really every possible conceivable yeah. definition of the word. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Although, I mean, even like, assuming that the, the season does happen, um, you know, teams are going to be selling like uh, you know branded face masks and crap like that.
1: Uh, it's already, I'm sure it's already out there. I haven't personally looked, but I'm sure it's already out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or, or that people are making their own and selling them, or, or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Yeah, for yeah.
0: sure. Yeah. All the, all the vendors outside the stadium are going to be have like masks yeah. for sale and stuff.
1: Yeah, or they'll sell hats like that have a mask attached to it, and it's like uh, a one piece, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Uh-huh
0: still so with a little beer like spigot like it goes yeah. through the mask or something well, yeah. obviously it's gonna say Budweiser <laughs> oh boy what a weird fucking more war- year this has been already this is, this is uh strange strange times i don't know it's only early april what the hell yeah come on 2020. let's get, <laughs> it's
1: supposed to be get it together. yeah get it together <laughs> doesn't seem like enough of a, a motivational statement for 2020. it's like <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> It's like, come on already! I don't know.
0: I don't know, yeah. Twenty nineteen oh. and twenty twenty one are going to kick your ass. Twenty twenty. I don't know. What, I don't know what would you do to motivate twenty twenty, like get us act together. Uh,
1: just tell, I don't know. Tell twenty twenty, we're on to Cincinnati. I don't. I don't know what to. <laughs> I don't know what to do here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, I, Belichick. You know, just uh, he'll, he'll find a way. To mm-hmm. find the one thing twenty twenty is good at, and then just yeah. you know, put it in position for that
0: way to compete twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, let me get there. Do your job twenty <laughs> twenty.
0: Yeah, do your job. Oh boy. All right. Well, I mean, speaking of do your job.
1: Oh hello.
0: <laughs> let's uh let's talk for a minute about the car- quarterback carousel here in free agency.
1: It's a lot of job job circulation. It's the thing. My God, has, yeah. has this ever happened before?
0: Where he had like, I mean, there, you know, there've been plenty, like Montana, Joe Montana, your boy, mm-hmm. like late in their career, go to somewhere else or whatever. But did Joe even, he got traded, right? He wasn't like a free agent.
1: Joe, Joe got traded. Uh, I think there was a case where uh, he, I don't know, I don't exactly know if he had same power in where he was going to go. He probably had same power and where he was not going to go, but yeah, uh, it just turned out that yeah he was, he was traded inevitably. Favre was let go, right and Minnesota picked him up so mm-hmm. I think those two come to mind when it in terms of just like you know a quarterback that you know is nearing the end of their career and, yeah. and deciding to start to start over something new. I'm trying to remember
0: you know that book I gave you the, the one about the, yeah. the, the like football back like written in 1971 or whatever that uh, you know they talked about like. Johnny Unitas, there were a couple of guys like Y.A. Tittle and stuff. Like,
1: well, they, other they people, switched
0: teams at the end, yeah. of it, like towards the end of their career. I don't remember how it went down, though. Like, yeah. whether they were they free agents or not? I just I think mean, this is unprecedented, right? Like, well, have Brady and Cam and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Like, be free agents.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Rivers, I mean, like, have those guys just be on the market? Yeah. Like, that's a lot of quarterback talent in a yeah. in an era where quarterbacks are so it's so important.
1: Right. That's that's true. So that, that kind of leads to a, a bigger uh, sort of or, or additional points to that kind of same commentary. Where it's there was a time where elite players never even sniffed the market, much less mm-hmm. never, rarely, almost almost never got traded. You know, there's a special circumstances like we talked about with Montana or, or, or you know maybe a couple others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Reggie White hitting the free market when free mm-hmm. agency was really beginning was crazy because people didn't know what to expect, and you know it was that was different versus now you're seeing elite players get moved mm-hmm. traded and then you're seeing other other players that have been you know at that level or or extremely you know highly touted and and just also hitting the wire it's it's really it's really strange to me if you think back the last over the last few years we're not just talking about a Tom Brady as an example or mm-hmm. Cam who's been a little banged up but former MVP got a Super Bowl mm-hmm. you know as an example we're talking, you know, guys like Khalil Mack get traded. Like you, mm-hmm. found edge perennial, like yes, just everything you want in pass rusher. We My get top it. five defender in the league. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah, easily, easily. And and mm-hmm. you talk about him. You talk about uh, prior to losing his mind, Antonio Brown uh, was obviously one of the better receivers in the league. Statistics mm-hmm. are all we're all there to make your case. Even say he was top, maybe the best receiver in the league, maybe top two easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, depending on what you value there, and then you go into Odell getting traded. Mm-hmm. This this offseason is uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting traded, Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey getting traded. I mean, these are these are really really good players in their at their position. Easily, you're calling most of them top fives in the top five at their position getting moved, and it's just it's just a it's really strange to I mean, seeing it all happen. For sure, I mean,
0: you know, the NFL is business. And so it makes me wonder if it's related to our more guaranteed money or how they're structuring the contracts or something like that. Like they they need to get rid of like it's worth it to get rid of like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, who's like Mm -hmm. top two or three receiver in the league Mm -hmm. in order to free up cap space. Like, is that. I mean, actually, there there may be other factors in that particular one. That, that's maybe yeah. not the best example,
1: but well, I, I mean, I think it it is a good enough example of saying that not any of these are really all the same. There's there's some similarities, but there's always going to be some different nuances to it, right? So mm-hmm. that's what we were talking about with Brady. I think like if you compare Brady hitting the market even to Cam is very different, right? Mm-hmm. Cam been banged yeah. up. Obviously, he probably he should still be a starter somewhere. I think that's safe to say until he can actively prove that. When playing on the field, he's not capable of starting. That's when he should no longer be considered a starter. Mm -hmm. Just not having the starting job or or being on a team because you're hurt seems kind of tough for me. But Mm -hmm. compare the two of them, I mean, Brady kind of called this shot. He restructured his deal so that he could have this out, so that he could Mm -hmm. test free agency. And I don't know if he ever – a lot of people had their speculation that he was going to end up going to New England – back to New England anyway, Uh, Mm You know, which I think in the long – in the grand scheme of things, wouldn't have really shocked many people, even if you really did think, oh, this might be when he leaves. Had he made his way back, he'd probably be like, okay, well, that was probably going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. But I really think he made this move in mind of, I'm going to go see what else is out there. Mm-hmm. I want to go play somewhere where, I mean, everything that New England's been able to do in winning all this crap ton of games and always making a dent in the playoffs and most of the time being in the Super Bowl and off most of the time winning it, uh, he finally got to the point where he's like, man, this is just, there's just not enough talent here to get it done right now. And I don't know that I can keep carrying the load, even with this great defense, um, the great mastermind on the sideline, knowing that he can get all of the positives of of all of that, but still Mm -hmm. not knowing if he can have enough to, you know, talent around him to move the chains. So you look at the place he ended up going, right, he ended up going to Tampa. They got Mike Evans. They got Chris Godwin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Lo- they got two, two, you know, move tight ends, big body tight ends that can both get down the field, both win 50-50 balls. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure, they, they could probably upgrade the running back position, but, hey, the draft is coming up. Maybe there's more free agents out there that they could add to. I mean, they're already ahead of where they were, where, where he would have been just from a s- skill standpoint in New England. I think he's,
0: standpoint, but it's like, that's a whole new scheme, right? Like how close is Arians scheme to Belichick's scheme?
1: So, so I think knowing, so Arians uh, has run with a lot of quarterbacks over the years, right? He worked with Manning, uh, Peyton back in, uh, you know, back in the day, he worked with, uh, he worked with Carson Palmer when he sort of like revitalized things in, uh, in, in Arizona. Uh, mm-hmm. I jumped ahead right before that uh, Arians worked with Andrew Luck when he was, you know, kind of his first year, two years, oh, year right. or two in the league. Yeah. So I think he's had a different – he's already had a different variance of, of skill sets with quarterbacks that he's worked with mm-hmm. and that he knows, okay, well, here's what I like to do, but that's more of like a scheme, maybe kind of like how I like to attack defense type of thing. Mm-hmm. He's already been asked, well, what's your plan? Are you going to make Tom adjust to you? Are you going to adjust to Tom? What's it going to be? He's like, oh, I'm going to adjust to Tom. Like why would I sit here and make mm-hmm. him learn my system when he's been doing what he's been doing for so long, I'm just gonna try and marry the things that I like to do and maybe the way I like to do it with how he likes to control things. Um, and it also goes, uh, also. Didn't everyone, they also say something? Didn't they say something too about? They're still
0: going to push downfield and all that kind of stuff. But like they, yeah. they have confidence that he can throw the long ball and all that kind of
1: stuff. Yeah, I think that, that goes back to the, the sort of toss-up argument of like, oh, well, what he wasn't throwing the ball downfield last year. Well, it's was like, well, who was he throwing the ball downfield to last year, if there's the yeah. case, that's a good you point. know? Um, that's, <laughs> so And it, it, both sides of that argument, you know, do hold water, right? It just depends yeah. what side you want to stand on. So to me, it's like, okay, well, my thing, if you want to really just talk about Tom sitting back there and waiting and waiting and waiting and then chucking it deep. He's never been the type to he's always been smart about protecting his body, right? Mm-hmm. He sees a clean blitzer coming, kill it. Next play. It's yeah. fine. So yeah. other than that, he's probably willing to just chill back there, wait, and then just let it rip. Do I think his arm has lost uh, you know, some of its some of its luster? Probably. I mean, at this point in his career, yeah, he's mm-hmm. maybe not gonna be able to throw the same amount of fastballs but he still probably got uh, the ability to put something on it when he needs to he attempted like 600 something passes last year so i don't know if his arm is like dead per se but when you're not throwing deep when you're throwing a lot short you're gonna throw a lot more so again it goes both ways so i'm interested to see what they try to do but Mm -hmm. i think i think if they can get any semblance of a running game two things i think they would need right away any semblance of a running game and and obviously a protection up front would be paramount but mm-hmm. just something to be able to like get him a clean pocket when he needs to and and conversely we know he's not going to just change who he is completely and not work in the middle not work the check downs not work the the, the passes the running back I mean the things that he's done for years to move the chains and just kill people is James White out of the flat, Edelman across the middle mm-hmm. you know yeah. Amendola on a quick slant or Welker uh you know on a double move inside like we know how you control the middle and then you go from there. So I'm. Yeah.
0: There's no, no one better at that stuff. Like no one who, who sees the field better or kind of yeah. knows what the defense is doing.
1: Yeah. Better so than I, does. So, I don't doubt yeah. that we're going to see some of the same old stuff. It's just mm-hmm. with A little bit more of a, oh, okay, well now we can get a shot downfield here and like, let's let it go. Let's see what happens. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, the last time he had a quality receiver threw 23 touchdowns to him. Right. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, whether it, was, whether it was back when he had, you know, Randy Mastridge in the field or even when, mm-hmm. you know, pre-injury when he had Gronk, when he had someone that he yeah. felt like he could trust further down the field, I don't, you know, that was years ago. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where actually circling, to coming back to the whole thing, I mean, comparing him to Cam. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when it comes to quarterbacks, especially we as fans, I get I'm guilty of it too. We get caught up just sort of like having some of these quarterbacks like frozen in a certain way in our head right yeah some people are talking about some people are talking about brady like like my daughters
0: are both they're perennially 11 years
1: old sure sure exactly (laughs) people are talking about brady you know like he's not 43 or something they're like oh if he is you know 36 or 37 39 year old brady even was still winning super bowl it's like oh that's who you could be getting and you're not trying to sell the Mm -hmm. farm and get everything you can it's like well it's not the same guy we know it's not same with Cam. Cam won a, Cam was the MVP. We know what he was capable of, you yeah. know. But his style—it's gotten—it's—it's it's definitely going to get to you. It's going to break you down. It's going to hurt. You're going to be banged up. And I don't know if we're getting MVP caliber Cam, but mm-hmm. we should still be getting something, you know, better than hey, let's just let Cam go. I think the the Panthers completely, completely botched let how they let Cam go. Yeah. I, I I just don't think you, the way it went down was just totally. I'm not even a huge camp fan, but I'm just saying I just don't think it's the right way to do business at all. Yeah. And former
0: MVP, I mean, it was, it was five years ago. He was MVP. Right. So, and and like to just pretty unceremonious. Yeah. It wasn't, that's the word for it for sure. Wasn't, wasn't well handled. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, a few other quarterback things happened and Foles went to the
1: bears. Eh, yeah. I mean, which is now, which is now op- being what, talked about as an open competition. So, mm-hmm. Whoever wins gets like, I don't know, a month, six weeks, if that, and then the other guy will get a shot. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. I don't know what the Bears are going to do. Uh, it's unfortunate that they've got some really cool, some really good players that are just kind of mm-hmm. going to be stuck in the revolving door for a while. And then Rivers to Indy, what do you think of that? Rivers to Indy, I feel like uh, it'd be, it would have been interesting to see what Andy would have done if maybe they had known Cam was going to hit the market. I don't know if mm-hmm. they would have maybe pushed for him over Rivers. I think the Rivers to Indy thing was – it was widely speculated, and I think that was the one that just seemed to make the most sense uh, for a lot of reasons. Indy's pretty built to, to roll right now in terms of mm-hmm. their own line can protect. They've got some talented pieces on offense. Uh, they've got a, Their defense is definitely good enough to, you know, usually not be the reason that you lose a game and mm-hmm. can, can definitely – Play that sort of run-first style and, and shorten the game. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm interested to still see what they want to do uh, in the draft because I think they're one of the teams that's set up in a great position to still grab a quarterback. I don't know necessarily if it's going to be it's not going to be first round, obviously, but maybe second round or or whenever they decide. They still have a bunch of picks. Uh, do they take a shot and get someone and just say, "Hey, we got Rivers for"? A year – it's a two-year deal. Maybe two, yeah. If he wants to play two, he plays two. But, you know, that's <laughs> a – good teams kind of find a way to just sort of stay ahead of the curve stuff like that. So their, mm-hmm. their organization has run really, really well. So I think for Rivers it made a lot of sense to, to go there.
0: Yeah, but I can see what you mean. Like if, if Cam had been on the market, he's – to me he's more similar to Andrew Luck than, than Rivers is. Yeah, big, ad, big of, athletic, a, athletic a running, guy. Yeah. Big athletic guy, a little bit of a running threat there yep um so but it'll be interesting i mean you know frank Reich is former quarterback so yeah
1: and um
0: he'll probably Rob, you know like be able to like kind of mind meld with with rivers a little bit
1: yeah it'd be interesting if they could get their hands on you know whether it's a quarterback that's maybe a little more ready to roll but they can still take their time you know mm-hmm. putting the finishing touches on polishing whatever you want to call it or getting one that's a total you know more of a marble you know or uh, a chunk of clay and just seeing what they can they can build mm-hmm. because uh, Frank Reich is. Widely, you know, widely respected in terms of his ability to to work with a bunch of different quarterbacks and be someone that can, you know, really, really help them grow and, and, and reach their potential. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. What else about free agency was interesting to you? I Let's see. the. I mean, the wide receiver trades, you know, kind of stole the show for me just because... Mm-hmm.
0: Because uh, DeAndre Hopkins came into our uh, division, that's why.
1: <laughs> oh man, I am not happy about that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 nuts because well, it it just has so many ripple effects, right? The mm-hmm. division was already hard. We already know yeah. that it was already plenty difficult. Arizona, you know, specifically if I'm talking about the Niners versus Arizona, they Arizona gave them everything they you know could could for two games, and the mm-hmm. Niners were able to like you know get get wins late in those games. Arizona's not far behind from being at least a team that even if it's just offensively centric is going to be mm-hmm. able to win some games because of the pace they run at. And now the talent that they have on top of that, you know, if you add Hopkins to any offense, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't even know if you can really quantify the type of boost you're going to get. Right. Not just that they committed to Kenyon Drake, who really boosted their offense when he arrived and, and got there so they committed to him. So they're set at running back. They're set at a wide mm-hmm. receiver. They still got fits. Kyler obviously fits their system and mm-hmm. can, you know, manage to build off of last year. I don't know. They're sitting – and they, they didn't even have to give up their first pick. So they're still sitting at eight and can yeah. do whatever they want. They could add right. – they could go crazy and add another receiver. I don't even know. They could yeah. just be like, Or
0: like a a strong edge rusher or something.
1: They could go, hey, we want life after Fitz, or we're just going to go, we're a Ferrari now, and we're just going to like totally light you up on offense. Or, yeah, let's get a defensive centerpiece, and all we have to do is like not give up 30 points or Mm -hmm. not give up 40 points maybe, and, you know, we'll be be all right. Or, I mean, (laughs) they're in a great trade spot too. If there's a player that's you know someone's someone's really coveting, and they're like, we can trade back. Mm-hmm. We got we essentially got Hopkins out of this draft. Mm-hmm. We don't need to. We can trade back. You know they're they're in a great spot, and I think I can't thank Bill O'Brien enough for this.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, let's thank him.
1: This migraine that he's just thrown on us for the next couple of years. <laughs> uh, for and the for the trade to go down involving David Johnson, who was not anymore a fit in Arizona's offense, who. Some have been saying, "Oh, maybe he just, you know, start a slowdown in general too," mm-hmm. and for them to eat the money on the contract, like the Texans are paying him, the Cardinals get get away scot free from mm-hmm. paying a running back that was now going to be, uh, you know, hitting the 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 other side of the running back life cycle. It's just madness to me. And for a mm-hmm. second round and like a fourth round pick, I'm like, come on, man. Like if the, if the Texans were gonna pull this trade, float it out there for like five minutes. That Texans that that uh, Hopkins is available. And I don't know, maybe someone will give you a first round pick this year. Maybe maybe they'll give you another pick on top of that. I (laughs) I don't know. Cause as it would turn out. That's what I was saying. Like
0: there's other things going on. Like he, like O'Brien didn't want him in the locker room, right? Like that was really what it was about.
1: There's all these theories or rumors, whatever you call them of like Hopkins wanted a new deal. The Texans are cap strung. The Texans need to make, they need to make a long-term deal work with Laramie Tunsell. Otherwise the first round picks that they gave up to get him from Miami are a complete wash. And you are not a You or a complete, they're a complete L. And so I think they felt compelled from that move previously mm-hmm. to make it as worth it as possible that they're like, well, crap, we got to pay Hopkins. Watson's deal is looming. Whenever it hits, it's going to go nuts because he's a young up and coming quarterback and Everyone's waiting for Patrick Mahomes to reset the market, and Watson is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood. I mean, it's the market rate. And whether you know, people always get into the yeah. you know the conversation. Yeah, I
0: mean, he shouldn't make more than Mahomes. No, no, no. And that's what, what I was Super Bowl.
1: Say. That's what I was going to say. Uh, people always get into the "What's this guy worth? What's that guy worth?" thing. It's a market rate, right? So yeah. you can use, let's say, Mahomes sets the market, and some he's probably going to get like a four hundred million dollar contract. So. So let's say he sets the market at that. The first
0: trillion dollar <laughs> Yeah.
1: And so what's Watson going to do? Okay, I'll shoot for right below that. It's still a crazy right. amount of money. So sure. a, lot of, a lot of rumors floating that the Texans were looking further down the road and saying that, well, we're not going to be able to keep everybody, which I, I understand if that comes to into the business side of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But again, you're talking about net return on DeAndre Hopkins, and it's an aging running back that you're now going to pay a bunch for and a second round and a fourth round pick. pick. That's, that's it. That's not enough. I'm sorry. That's, That's nope. not enough.
0: A two and a four doesn't even – I mean, does that translate even into a low-end one? I guess maybe you could sure. like
1: I, – I don't remember the, present- the, old, the old Jimmy Johnson draft value chart. I don't, I don't remember it offhand, but yeah. I don't know.
0: But, you know, you're, yeah, you're right. I mean, what, and Hopkins, man, I mean, if you're top three receiver in the league, you're worth a first-round pick. I mean, you're not going to pick somebody in the first round who's going to come in and have that kind of impact,
1: right? So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no reason to, to not give up that, you know, or to not offer yeah. that for Hopkins. So to me, it's like, once the decision was made, mm-hmm. they're going to move Hopkins. Well, cool. Any normal, per, any, you know, any normal person that's going to be pulling a trade, you put the feelers out there mm-hmm. or you do something to at least a, make it known that he's, that this player could be available. B that, Hey, a lot of people are interested and the price is going up. So going to need something substantial to get my attention. You know, it's normal trade yeah. talk, Right. I don't know. I think they took the they took the first offer they got, or they're like, "Oh my God, David Johnson, we need a running back. Let's go. Let's this is it." They, they needed they needed your dad in there negotiating. Needed <laughs> my dad. They would need a couple. <laughs> I think I got a couple extra pizzas out of it. I don't know, but
0: <laughs> they would got like four first rounders. <laughs> they your dad got, was in there. <laughs>
1: I would have got all these conditional picks that you know turn into turn into like you know uh, studs later around the road. (laughs) No, it's just you know. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what it'd be like to be a Texans fan right now, and that's not me talking shit. Mm -hmm. That's just me saying like, I don't know what like that. That's a crazy feeling to me, you know, to have this nucleus that you're excited about, and then be like, oh my god, this is now this is what's happening. So I don't know. Whether we that's that that and then you know uh, Stephon Diggs going to Buffalo, right Mm -hmm. right away we have a comparison of. Someone getting trade value and someone not, right? Mm-hmm. You look at what the, the Texans got for Hopkins. I'm not going to argue. I don't think anyone needs to argue about Hopkins versus Diggs. They're both mm-hmm. obviously very good. Most people know who they would rather trade for. Mm-hmm. You look at what the, the Bills gave up to the Vikings to get Diggs, and it's not even fair. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like the Bills pulled two trades and the Texans pulled one. It's, it's nuts. For the record, what did they get for, for Diggs? Allow me to introduce myself
0: <laughs> it must have been a lot though
1: yeah, well, I mean we know so we know we four. know we know what the the Texans got, right, so the Vikings got uh, let's just let's just get the whole the whole thing up here i don't wanna I don't want misspeak and then have you know someone uh have someone Craig, come, after me. come back yeah. at us with right. A- I looked it up and it's not what you said it was. Yeah. So the, the Bills got Diggs and a seventh this year mm-hmm. for uh, their 2021st, their their 2021st round pick, 22nd overall, um, a fifth this year, a sixth this year, and a fourth next year. <laughs> right, so wow. that's Holy cow. Just, just off capital. And you think about how most of these trades end up working, it's never just a one for one thing, right? That yeah. amount of that amount of uh, trade capital that the Vikings now have, they're going to move up and down the board, and you can turn any one of those picks, a lot of those picks, into an extra player or an extra two players, depending on if you trade down more. And you know, mm-hmm. you, not to mention the the fact that they got an extra first rounder this year out of it. You know, so it's it's just night and day to me. You know. So that I think those those were the the really big moves. I mean, it's obviously surprising to see. We're just talking about David Johnson. Surprising to see Todd Gurley hit the market too. I mean, mm-hmm. he's what yeah. two years two years removed from scoring twenty one touchdowns and mm-hmm. being the NFL Offensive Player of the Year. I believe. You know, even in a down year last year, he still had fourteen fourteen touchdowns. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, his yard his, his, his yards per per touch were down. A lot of people are concerned about his knee long term, but I mean. To just outright waive him, you know they they mm-hmm. ate the ate the salary on it, and we know the Rams have been you know a little they've been a little cap strung for a while now, you know. Yeah, uh, I think it's just it's just interesting to see the the players that you know two years ago isn't a long time, <laughs> and some of the yeah. players that were considered the best or near the best at their position, you know, getting traded or hitting the market two years mm-hmm. later is, is crazy. Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: I mean, it's very likely that the Rams are going to be the last place team in the NFC, or, uh, NFC West, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean they're – they will
0: be after a year or two. Like, they still have most of the, those pieces around, but they're so hamstrung by the cap. Like, they're – like, what are they going to – they're not going to be able to improve at all.
1: Well, they Where really went it's out kind – of like they really went all in, right? They knew they yep. had like that window, and they thought the window was obviously going to be larger than it has been. But yeah, you you have to pay Aaron Donald. That's no no one's going to argue that. But in doing so, you lose you know Michael Brockers that's playing next to him. Sue was just a one term one year deal, but you lose him. Dante mm-hmm. Fowler was a short term stay, but he was impactful. You lose him. You lose Corey Littleton was their best linebacker. You lose him. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. You uh, you trade for you know, Ramsey, you pay him. So now that's where Mm -hmm. most of your money is. It's Ramsey, Donald and Goff. And, you know, Goff is eating up a huge chunk of their cap. And Cooper Cup's really good. Robert Woods is really good. Mm -hmm. But you've got to, you know, you've got to still be able to have a running game to lean on because their offenses looked drastically different when they weren't you know they weren't nearly as much of like the, the high end sports car when when Gurley wasn't wasn't running at full full sp- full steam. You know, yeah. So how so are they going think- to rebuild? They don't have the draft capital either because they've right. been trading it to get these other players.
0: So I'm curious what your take is, like whether whether that offense was kind of scheme dependent. Like was it McVay's brilliance or was it just that Gurley was so good? Like they you know the, the year or two that they were so kind of dominant.
1: I mean, I think what McVeigh did, it made a lot of sense with, like, the way he kind of – the spacing that he used on a lot of his routes, you know, his routes that you could just see, like, guys – I mean, guys were getting – guys were wide open in the, in, mm-hmm. in a lot of those cases. And to me, that tells you the scheme is working, right? Mm-hmm. That the defense is getting confused or clogged up in whatever other ways that you're you're running things at them. But the centerpiece of it all clearly was Gurley. As Gurley started to wear down, whether it was truly injury or or just – during that run, and yes, they made it to the Super Bowl, I, I, I get that, but that team looked different, and they were playing different, you know, down the stretch. They were still able to win games, and mm-hmm. granted, Goff had something to do with that, too, but they're still able to win some of those games, and I think then the the assumption was that the the focus of the offense could shift to Goff then, and that's mm-hmm. why the touches and everything, kind of the, the way they used Gurley and deployed him was a little bit was different, obviously, but... Mm-hmm. It could also just be bad luck. Like they were humming, they thought we're good for a couple of years. Gurley's, you know, not uh, Gurley's not old, you know, and and they're like we're we're going to be good for a little while, but things just sort of crept up on him, right? As he was this, I think it's truly indicative that he was the centerpiece. As when he started to slow down with this injury, that things started to really change. And is Mc, is McVeigh looking at like as much of a genius? What's going on? You're like, I don't know. But it's hard to say with your best, your best offensive player hurt and you're playing against Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. So even just taking the Super Bowl out of it, I'm wondering if it was just the league started to catch up too. I mean, I don't know. That's you know, you know what I'm mean? wondering.
0: That's, I guess that's what the question was about. Like, is it yeah. like people kind of figured him out and then like the schemes weren't as effective and so the whole thing kind of fell apart?
1: I, I think it's just Goff said his best when he can go play action. And when you can use Gurley as, you know, the machine that he was uh, correctly, and that's both the passing game and the running game, mm-hmm. it is just you always need someone on your offense to either occupy the defense's attention or create spaces open for other people, right? So I think Gurley was able to do that for in both cases. And so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they – they invested a pick in, in Daryl Henderson last year. They've got guys that I think they maybe they think they can they can work with or they're just going to – whatever their draft capital is this year, they're going to just try and retool some of the spots and, and go from there. But they put themselves in a tough spot for sure.
0: All right. Um, so we uh, – let's talk about the NFC West a little bit
1: gonna be a wild wild time (laughs) it's gonna be a crazy time uh like
0: what's uh what what are the niners done after making it to the super bowl
1: not not quite winning
0: they made it sorry about that the
1: pain no it's i mean (laughs) they made it farther than the seahawks we're gonna be talking about you know but
0: what like what are the what are the needs like what do they what do they what they get done in the in free agency
1: well free agency was it was interesting i I didn't personally think that they were going to be doing a lot in free agency, whether it was just, you know, purely about their cap situation, knowing that they were going to be, you know, not totally up against the wall, but you have some players coming up that you wanted to lock down. Eric Armstead's contract was up, and uh, coming down the road, you've got, just off the top of my head, you had DeForest Buckner coming up. You had, you know, George Kittle's contract coming up. Sherman's going to be nearing the end of his deal. Uh, you had Jimmy Ward starting for safety coming up – or was, was, ended, was uh, finished up his deal this, this season. So you had a lot of pieces that you were going to like, okay, well, I mean, we got to try and retain all these guys because obviously you want to try and keep as many as you can. But I think what it came down to was they realized that the, ask, the, the going rate for someone like Eric Armstead was probably going to be, you know, what's Clowney demanding right now, like 20, 22? Something a year, right? That defense defensive end quarterback, market. Is, quarterback money. I mean, yeah, the defensive end market is crazy. So somehow along the way, the Niners were able to. I think Eric Armstead is just you know, he's from Sacramento. He's he's happy to be with the Niners. The team's doing well. He didn't see a real reason to like push to test the market and make more money, and just you know, gave him a little bit of a deal. So they're able to retain him for about seventeen, which the the tag. The franchise tag would have been like seventeen eight, I think, or something. So what they would have paid him on the tag this year alone is the average per year on his deal now. So they are able to backload it, give them some little flexibility. So that part was great. But what I didn't think, and I don't know, maybe I didn't see this coming, maybe someone else did, was that it kind of set the table for them to have to make a decision, okay, well, of those other players I mentioned, are we trying to retain all of them, or are we trying to retain maybe two max? Because DeForest Buckner, a phenomenal, phenomenal player, one of the better DTs, you know, that's been in the game for a couple of years now. Obviously, Aaron Donald's the the sure. poster child. Fletcher Cox is phenomenal. There's there's other guys that are really good. But Buckner was going to demand a serious salary, and I think it became pretty clear that he, Buckner was going to shoot for something right under Donald's contract. Similar to what we were saying about Mahomes and Watson earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Like. But the guy that sets the bar, you're either trying to go above him or you're trying to go as raised within, you know, under, under as you can. So I think they realized if you're giving him 21 a mil, 21 mil a year, where does that leave you with George Kittle's extension, uh, Sherman's new deal, a Jimmy Ward deal, uh, you know, whoever else needs to come up in, in, in a couple years. So they – I don't know when the deal was struck. They ended up moving DeForest Buckner to the Colts for the thirteenth overall pick, which I think is a huge win for the Colts, you're not gonna, you're normally not gonna be able to get, you know, a, a pro bowl caliber uh, defense tackle in the prime of his career, and uh, you know, a centerpiece to your defense, a center of your defensive line, maybe even your whole defense, and upgrade an already good defense. So the Colts win. I think they get a they get a great a great player out of it. Uh, it's it's truly sad to see him go as a Niners fan. He was part of you know one of the earlier draft classes that rounded into this, oh, are they going to just take a defensive lineman every year kind of a thing? But, I mean, for their line to be as dominant as it was last year, he's beyond uh, pertinent to, to that kind of success. So it's mm-hmm. to see him go, but the cost of doing business, it kind of comes up, you know. So now mm-hmm. when going into the draft, you take away, you know, one of your best players, obviously replacing him is a need. So I think defensive tackle – it's not it's – it's rarely ever a sexy, you know, uh, uh, position to mention in terms of needs, but I think an impact wide receiver or at least a field-stretching wide receiver was already on the list. Corner depth was already on the list. Uh, interior offensive line depth was certainly – those were my top three prior to the deal. Now that the deal has happened, I think you got to throw a defensive tackle in there. They do have players that they like that you can do a rotation of, but if there's – another player you can get that you think has the slightest potential of being maybe not Buckner, but still also just under that, let's say, or very good, then Mm -hmm. you – the upside of that is you get your whole defensive line cap controlled for, you know, the next couple years, and that gives you even more flexibility. So that's what I think the needs are uh, in in sort of no particular order. Wide receiver, inside offensive lineman, uh, DT, three technique preferably, and – or corner – as well,
0: did you did you all hang on to Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin?
1: He's still under contract. Rumor, the the most likely scenario is I think they're going to try and find a trade suitor and, mm. and let him go. Just because I think uh, the cap hit for keeping him under the cap hit for for rostering him, I think is maybe not going to be worth it in terms of stretching the money out as much as they can. So uh, right. I think he's still he's still a good player excuse me Hella fast. he's still super fast but he's had some injuries come up he's had some really really sad unfortunate off uh, uh you know personal life off the field stuff come up that i think you know if you were able to get a new a new beginning somewhere maybe that would be the best for him he's also someone that wants to go to the olympics and uh hmm. you know that's a whole different dedication so i think it's just if they can find a trade partner for him i think he's going to get moved
0: same yeah i mean olympics which aren't even going to happen this year now but
1: that's true that could easily com- compound his decision and be like well okay stick to football you know
0: yeah yeah um yeah it's interesting yeah i've been actually it's been interesting to watch the the seahawks your agency too um like I, I feel like after last year like we had a like it was a rough year at, tr- at tight end you yeah. know, like we're kind of set there now like we have disley coming back from injury and greg olson kind of added to the mix as a veteran guy um, I think, feel like we, like the defensive line, like there's still a lot of like kind of uncertainty there. Um, Bruce Irvin's back as a kind of a steadying presence, but he's not going to be a super difference maker clowning. Yeah. Like we got to find out what happens with clowning. Like that makes like that changes the whole equation, whether he stays or yeah. leaves.
1: Yeah. Um, I was, I was honestly pretty amazed that, uh, the Seahawks had the cap room that they did given that. Wilson's on the mega contract and mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner's getting paid but then I started thinking about it more and I was like damn it's just it's still just a lot of young talent so people are cap controlled right now so yeah but I don't know I mean what do you think you would you rather I mean you pay Clowney what it, what, what he's asking for or do you try and pull a trade for uh, someone like Yannick Ngakwe over from Jacksonville and get you know a 20 mid 20s Defensive end that's had Pro Bowl caliber player already. Um, yeah, he's going to want a new deal too. But I guess it's kind of, you know, six and six yeah. equals twelve or whatever that saying is.
0: I I don't know what saying you're
1: referring. I just to. made it up. And I was hoping <laughs> you could like make. I was hoping you could make up the other half of it. But uh, you
0: know, sorry, I failed you. Um, the uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to see Clowney back. I mean, he was. Amazing against the run and, like, not always getting home to the quarterback, but, like, definitely make the quarterback's life. Oh, he – yeah, he impacts the game. Uncomfortable. It's,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like,
0: he's, like, that kind of, like, that like
1: just a step above kind of athlete that – Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, crap, you got to account for him. You, got you to have attention. to worry about him. You have to slide your protection. You have to – he, he mm-hmm. affects the game. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I didn't, I didn't really appreciate that when he was at the Texans, you know, but, like, just actually getting to watch a few more games, like – Kind of yeah. in real time, like oh, yeah. yeah, they're like they're not happy that he's over here. You know, like it's it, it was interesting. So I'd love to see yeah. him back, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the thing that actually about all of free agency for the Seahawks that i have loved the most is just the, kind of the tweaks they've made to the offensive line. So yeah, addition by subtraction, letting Jermaine Fetty yeah. go. Oh man, oh my God, the weakest link.
1: You boy, you yeah, your favorite player ever, and oh. and he just went and got a deal with uh our buddy Jay. Uh, his 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 lovely New York Jets. He just went and got a deal with them. Oh, I thought he went to the, the Bears. Did he go to the Bears? He went to, he
0: went to the Jets. Oh, well. The two-year deal, I believe. Yeah. Sorry, Jason. That's too <laughs> bad for you. Uh, and then, uh, George Fant left too, which he was like the oh, maybe second le- weakest. Link. Wait, am was, I
1: thinking of George Fant? I think I'm thinking of George Fant. Yeah. Carry oh, okay, on. yeah.
0: Yeah, George Fant went to the Jets. He, yeah, yeah. Because he, he, uh, his brother is a tight end, so he's a pretty athletic guy. Like, he actually kind of would come in when you wanted to have six linemen, yeah, you know, kind of like he'd come into that, like, kind of fo- like, fake tight end spot or whatever. But, um, yeah, so those two guys leaving, I'm not not sad about that at all. The guys they brought in are slight upgrades, I'd say, but any progress on the offensive line is yeah. progress for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take it. Um, and then, but I think like the biggest, like, Philip Dorsett adding, you know, finally getting some speed. Yeah, that wide receiver room, as you
1: mentioned. I mean, he, he, yeah, that's. I couldn't help but uh, you know let my my uh, my sarcasm drip through our our, mm-hmm. our text there when that happened. I was like, oh, thank God, you get, it's so so just fortunate that you finally got some speed in that room. I mean, Tyler Lockett with his just sluggish, you know, forty time, and I know. DK Metcalf, you know, just is running like he's got cinder blocks in his shoes. I mean, just you know. It's just these guys that are these road graders they can't move at all um, that's I'm already actually a
0: great, I think it's a great fit situation for Dorsett to be honest like not absolutely. to have to be the main guy
1: He just kind of run out of the slot and just burn down the field like straight yeah. straight down the seam uh, mm-hmm. as, as um, him and Metcalf
0: as, on opposite sides of the field so the safeties are
1: screwed Yeah. yeah.
0: and then Tidal Lockett just running all over the field yeah just getting him. just getting
1: space and just yeah yep.
0: So that's that's good. But then yeah. I think the probably the biggest thing, like the biggest win from free agency for the Seahawks, I think, is is trading for uh Quentin Dunbar.
1: Yeah, that's big from the racing from Washington. I, I think he's I think he's he's pretty good. He's yeah, he's, yeah, he's uh, he was
0: rated the second best quarterback last
1: season, I think, right? So yeah, he's he's a pretty great pickup. I think having him in in uh in Shaq Griffin is is a pretty good duo to to yeah. have. And as it were, you know, we know what that defense wants to be. It's not about needing the corners to totally travel all over the field and like run for you know eighty yards each play. It's just throw off the timing, you know, mm-hmm. clog things up so that the the front can get after the quarterback and yeah. you know Wagner whoever can clean them up, you know. So, but, but then maybe um,
0: maybe Trey play, goes back to safety, plays free safety. Yeah. And um, what's his name? Quandre uh, plays strong safety or something. And yeah. I mean, that's a that's pretty good. Pretty, I'm feeling pretty good yeah. about the D backfield.
1: Yeah, it uh, it pains me, but uh, <laughs> I was gonna. It pains me to say, John Schneider knows how to just you know he's. I, I don't know if this was always the strategy, but he's he's managed to figure out a really good way to sort of just like make things work, whether it's with trades mm-hmm. or whether it's with trading down in the draft and getting you know multiple just taking more shots at more you know more more bodies mm-hmm. and then seeing seeing what sticks versus being enamored with like oh no this is a first round pick we can't part ways with it he's like he's one yeah. of those gms that's willing to move up and down the board you know as he sees fit so you know yeah for sure the thing that drives
0: me crazy about them is that they're they they tend to they tend to reach a little bit for scheme fits yeah you know like they'll they'll go for the guy that kind of is like they'll go for a rangy corner instead of like long arm strong corner instead of the best corner available and then adjust the coaching. You know what I mean? Like they're a little bit set in their ways that way, but
1: yeah, I th- personally, I think they've been trying to get by with, Oh, well, I mean, how, like how much do you need to invest in offensive alignment when Wilson's so much of Wilson's game is predicated on his friend Tarkington spin moves and, and running around and chucking it, you know, you get that. But then at the same time, it's like, well, wouldn't you rather have him just wreck people from the pocket? Cause it's, not like he's incapable of that either. So mm-hmm. or or run the ball a ton, which you know is their MO and and their <clears> their <throat> desire of how they want to scheme their offense anyway. So I think the uh, Seahawks in a sweet spot to get a lineman in the first round. And if not, just get another maybe athletic piece to the defense uh, and and go from there.
0: Yeah, I'd love to still see us take some somebody early in the draft on the on the O line. Um no edge rusher too, like those yeah. are the two probably that
1: I, focus. I think in most in most of the mocks, and obviously with <laughs> with the the amount of free time uh, everybody's got right now, <laughs> mock draft season is full swing, my friend.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh,
1: it's actually it's hit another octave entirely. But uh-huh. most of the mocks I've seen, I'd say uh, an O lineman that's either like you know slipping or maybe tier two or or whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. uh, or or a D end is what's mostly getting mocked to the Seahawks. So that's that's right on the nose. If that's what you think they're going to go after,
0: although I would, I would trade our whole draft for Chase. What's his name? Chase Daniels.
1: Chase Daniels. Not Chase, Chase, oh, Daniels. I, no, I don't Chase think, Daniels. Not I Chase Daniels. <laughs> Chase Daniels. I will say, amazing <laughs> that you bring up Chase Daniels. It's been put out there that uh, over his career, I think he's net. He's he's been able to net fifty million dollars, being a career backup, being moving from place to place, just, like that dude's just doing it. Uh, I think other than Sam Bradford's ridiculous career earnings haul. Chase Daniels might be up there for, you know, just what he's been able to pull off. But
0: can I, can I just say, like, I I, wanna, I feel bad for Blaine Gabbert. Oh, there was a, there was a headline. The what was the headline? It was that Tampa Bay signs draft bust as oh. Brady's backup. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> it's like, goddamn, that's pretty harsh. The guy—he's like a—I mean, you know, yeah. Compare—he I mean, was a uh, first-round pick, it. right? Don't say it. Don't, don't say what you're going to say. No, but he was like athletic. Like he makes some
1: plays sometimes, that guy. He, he made some plays sometimes. Yeah, I'll, uh, but... I'll, I'll, let that, I'll let that go as far as it's going <laughs> to go. Uh, I watched – Athletic quarterback. I don't know. I watched, I, just... I watched him firsthand. I was like, I never yeah. – I can totally – you can put me to a lie detector and I could say I never had confidence that he was going to be like a long-term starting fit for – specifically just for the Niners when I saw him play every – Yeah. Every week I saw him play. Yes, the team wasn't great at that time. Yes, Chip Kelly's system was like – it was no longer like this newfangled hotness. It was pretty much figured out and busted, I guess. But there was – I don't know. I Other than occasionally surprising me with like a nice random deep pass that, that hit the mark, he had a walk-off win against the Bears, I think, like that season. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just – I don't but, think so. Like a,
0: isn't a draft bust more like like Jamarco Demarcus Russell? That's a draft bust. So I mean, you know fair. I mean?
1: Like, it's fair, it's fair to um, to want to quantify it differently, qualify it differently. But <laughs> let's say no, let's just say, okay, a number one overall pick quarterback not working out. Bust. There's no argument for it, right? Yeah. Um I, would you a top five pick quarterback not working out. Let's say Mark Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Probably you'd consider him a bust, right? So where does it where does it end for you? Where is at what point is it just like ah, I just didn't work out versus a bust? I don't know. I mean, would you say 10 is too far?
0: Was Mark Sanchez really a bust? Like didn't he like, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't like a league-changing quarterback, but he sure. had yeah, some good seasons with the Jets and like hey, you know. Okay, maybe,
1: a, maybe, maybe we maybe we down starter. Maybe we dial it back to like I mean, you definitely don't no argue for Mark Sanchez. No, no, no. I I well, <laughs> Yes, you are. But uh, uh, what I was going to say is maybe it's just how I define a bus versus how you do, right? Maybe that's, okay. that's the key difference here, yeah. right? For me, if I'm a quarterback that's drafted by a team and I get, you know, let's say a minimum of 20 or two seasons worth of starts,
0: uh-huh.
1: if I get that and then get traded away or let go yeah. or something, then – I think inevitably you're considered a considered a bust, but the the qualifier is you have to at least get those two years right of of starting time. Mm-hmm. So like I wouldn't say Cam is a bust, right? But no, would you say totally but not. Would, MVP but, league MVP? Right, you wouldn't say that because of what he's been able to do. But would yeah. you say Jameis Winston's a bust? Because he just threw for five thousand yards.
0: Yeah, and thirty interceptions.
1: And thirty interceptions, and th- I find out he had thirty fumbles. sorry, thirty fumble. He had five fumbles too. So he had thirty-five yeah. turnovers by himself. <laughs> and yeah. My my brain just hurts yeah. every time I think about that. That's a good.
0: That's a good. All right. All right. Okay. So, hmm, let me think about this a little bit. I feel like like, like so. Let's go back to. Uh, this is gonna be a. This is a deep pull. Let's go. Patrick Ramsey. Okay, from the Redskins. Yeah. Right the yeah. racist team from Washington yeah. for and, like second half of the first round. If I remember, right. I'm not, I can't remember exactly when he, they drafted him. So I had high hopes for that guy. And he yeah. started a, like maybe two seasons and then he was like kind of a backup for a few years. Second half of the first round. I, I don't consider him a bust. I feel
1: yeah. like it, it didn't work out. He was drafted. He wasn't quite. He was drafted 32nd overall.
0: Okay. End of the first round. Yep. And he played, I mean, it was, I think he started for two years. Maybe played backup a year in Washington, and then got went
1: somewhere else. So, I mean, career resume: we've got Redskins two, three years, uh, the Jets for one year, the Broncos mm-hmm. for one year, the Titans, Lions, Saints, Jaguars, Dolphins, and Vikings all within the same year. So, oh, 2010, he was on four teams. That's not a, ideal.
0: <laughs> I
1: think it's a, it's. A, it's a very good flex for your for your uh, your deep cut knowledge, but I, I don't know, I I just think uh, part of the reason that this I think has been front of mind for me is just I think the word like the word bust the word uh, you know this person is, you know trash pick whatever I just think people get like players get labeled that like super quickly and yeah. I, I think I just think it's like it's it's a, it's almost immediate sometimes you know this guy's bust. You know that, that guy's bust. Uh, that it's just it's just right away. And I don't know. Maybe I hold that Maybe I hold out hope for too long. That's also I'm fully willing to admit that. But there's arguments to be made. I think circumstantially for for most most players in these situations, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, my my thing is I think quarterbacks get held to a different standard. So, like, absolutely, that I agree. You know, Ryan, with Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell clearly busts. But you know, if like if you if you drafted somebody else 32nd in the first round. Like a defensive
1: lineman. Yeah, and they exactly. didn't pan out. Sorry. You don't even they talk about out. it anymore. Yeah. yeah, right. I know. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's true. It's it's the nature of quarterback. I think it just it gets held to a different standard. It's put under a microscope and viewed differently, and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We've always gone into the the, the quarterback the the greatest quarterbacks debate of like, well, this guy versus that guy. Well, this guy has Super Bowl rings. Well, is that a quarterback stat? Is that a team stat? Uh, this guy has way more yards. Oh, well, he was on the shit. His team had no defense. Of course, he's going to have more yards. You know, it's just, right. there's always going to be those like detractors, right? Yep. Yep. For sure. Well, all this comes back to you feel bad for Blaine Gabbert because you're a good person. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
0: I, mean, I saw when he, even when he was playing for the Niners. I saw some flashes of just athleticism. Like he was moving the
1: chains with his legs and stuff. He, and was, he was definitely athletic. Some talent. I could see why teams like when the Jaguars drafted him tenth overall, right? It's not like I, I don't I didn't think that was like not necessarily a great pick at the time, but it was more like I could see what they saw in him, right? Mm-hmm. But um, and I mean, you look at that draft class; it was uh, Cam Cam went number one, right? Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's just give the order here. That draft class happened to be stupid loaded. So yeah. if we just go through the top ten. Right. Cam, Von Miller, Marcel Darius, AJ Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, uh, Alden Smith, obviously had his issues, Jake, Jake Locker, Tyron Smith, Blaine Gabbert. I mean, there are, you've got MVP winners, you've got Super Bowl mm-hmm. champions, you've got guys that were considered the best at their position, uh, a couple of those guys, you know, oh, yeah. at, at various times in their career. Oh, and right behind Blaine Gabbert, you know, who got picked?
0: I don't.
1: JJ Watt. <laughs> so, so sometimes it does not It's just about when you got picked. It's about who got picked around you yeah. um, because you get measured against those players. Damn, that's quite a draft class. Holy that, hell. This draft class doesn't get talked about enough. It's insanity. Um, huh. and, and that's just the top 10, the top 11, counting JJ Watt.
0: Yeah.
1: You go further down, I mean, uh, you know, you've got Nate Soldier, Corey Lugit. Mm-hmm. Adrian Claiborne, Andy Casanzo, Cam uh, Cam Jordan. I mean, awesome players. Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm. Even Cam Hayward played great for the Steelers. And that's just the first round. Second round, you got, mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah. Dal- Dalton and Kaepernick. You can go whatever way you want to talk about those guys. It's up <laughs> to you. But, I mean, I keep going. Kyle, Kyle Rudolph. Keep going further down. Randall Cobb. Yeah. DeMarco Murray, who had, you know, he had his time of being like one of the, you know, like r- higher end players at his position, at least, you know, he was sure. yeah. you know, a crazy good running back for a, w- for a bit there. So, I mean, it yeah. just, I keep going, but there's, there's all these examples, you know, that, that that draft being so good and having just like flat out missed on not just a quarterback, but, you know, 10th overall, they could have gone. I don't know, man. I just feel like
0: t- calling the bust, like, like that's, my, that's my issue, I guess, is like, mm-hmm. he, didn't quite, he didn't pan out. But a bust? I feel like he
1: like. So I think to it sounds like it's hard when when Jamarcus is the example or when Ryan Leaf is the example. Then yeah, not a lot of guys are going to measure up to that that level of a bust. But yeah. it just it just depends. I mean, I don't
0: know. Anyway, I thought
1: the I thought the headline was a little harsh. Oh, um, I definitely think it was harsh. Don't let don't let my. <laughs> Don't let my response fool you. That sucks. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't think that's fair at all to just – You know, like, it,
0: like say, say Brady has to sit out a couple games. Blake Gabbert, totally capable of coming in and winning a couple games. I mean – Or splitting, you know, four games or something.
1: We talked about Arians being able to, to really get the best out of a lot of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. If all Gabbert's going to try and do is just like rip off some big throws down the field, hey, it could mm-hmm. work. You don't, yeah. do, you don't have to do a lot for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to eat. Yeah, for sure. Well then, why why do you go after
0: Brady if you don't need to? Like, I guess he's like the ultimate game manager. I guess in some ways, like he's I not going to make mistakes.
1: That's the big thing, right? That you, that you nailed it. You just saw Jameis go for thirty five yeah. turnovers, right?
0: They're going to have like thirty two turnovers fewer than last <laughs> year. <laughs> you think,
1: what's what's a bad year for Brady? I haven't even, I'm not even looking at his stats in front of me. Like yeah. a bad year of turnovers is probably like what twelve, yeah. maybe six
0: interceptions. You
1: know. Like um, it's just, most of the time, he just falls down if anybody comes near, him. so yeah. And and I think uh, I'd heard at least somewhere towards the end of this, to, or towards the beginning of free agency, that the Bucks were in a lot of one-score games, right? So mm-hmm. you add on to the fact that Jameis was starting out games very rocky and putting him behind the 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 the, the eight ball there, but you take some of those away, you win a couple of games. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. now that the Playoffs are expanded. You just got to win nine games sometimes, and you're going to get into the playoffs.
0: You got to win seven games. Oh,
1: I'm who, not. Do you,
0: who, do you, who do you pick in the uh, NFC South?
1: Everyone. No, I'm, kidding. I'm just kidding. All three. All four. All three. <laughs> Sorry. That was <laughs> four <laughs> nice. in a four-year slip. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, who do I pick in the NFC South? I mean, it's going to be this, the Saints-Bucks are going to battle it out, right? Um, the Fa-
0: Falcons.
1: Here's the thing about the Falcons. They were one and – seven, one and seven uh-huh. going into their bye, And then they finished the year, I think six and two. So mm-hmm. like so they, they changed something in their bye, whether it was just play calling or what, and they just started playing better. They were winning mm-hmm. in the trenches. They, they had the game against the Niners. We could not stop Grady Jarrett. He wrecked that game. He was just, mm-hmm. just living in the backfield, um, which speaks to the Niners needing interior offensive line help. But what I'm getting at is that the Falcons could be that type of team that like you're not. I don't think you just you might not just be able to show up on Sundays and beat them. You're gonna have to like just mm-hmm. you have to earn it. And if they can steal a couple wins, yeah, maybe maybe they could they could be one of those teams that squeaks in into a wider a wider playoff field now. But it's gonna to me it's gonna come down to Saints are the team to beat. It's expecting a lot of Tampa, even with Brady and his ability to adapt and Aaron's ability to coach and all the things we've already said to just be able to come in there and beat the Saints who. Don't, didn't get worse. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's tough for me to just you know just to say that's going to happen. You know.
0: Yeah, I think all the attention is going to go to the Saints and the Bucks. The Falcons are going to quietly, if they can get off to a, a good start, like they're yeah. going to quietly kind of sneak up on people.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just what version of them is going to show up. You know, like mm-hmm. they were they were and and all things considered, they were uh, they were also very hurt. They had invested in the O line, and literally everyone on their O line got hurt. You can't do mm-hmm. anything with that, right? Yeah. So we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What else? So you would trade up, uh, literally everything for Chase Young. I think so. Yeah. He's he's out of control. <laughs> I've seen. I've started to see oh, some only more. Be,
0: only because only because we've made some upgrades at offensive line. Oh sure. Yeah. Sure. In free agency.
1: If the uh, – literally, I, I don't think this is going to happen. But if the Bengals decided to just say Chase Young first overall, I mean, I get it that they'd still need a quarterback. I get it. I get all of the uproar that would happen. But Chase Young is – I mean, it's similar to – like with, with the Browns with Miles Garrett, right? The Browns had a ton of needs. You could say they could have gone a lot of different ways. They mm-hmm. literally were just like, Miles Garrett is different. He's just – built different and he's mm-hmm. a crazy impact player let's just be the best as we can be in that particular position and go from there so chase young i mean i'd be surprised i'd be shocked don't, don't don't get me wrong i'd be shocked if it happened but from a football sense i'd be like well i kind of get it you know like mm-hmm. he's just that good um yep.
0: it's kind of like the giants taking uh, saquon when they probably needed a quarterback at that at that pick, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And when you're in the top 10, that is just my random thought about it. When you're in the top 10, as much as you don't want to say you're looking to next year's draft two, you kind of are. I, I think mm-hmm. you kind of do because let's say you're a team that needs a quarterback. You got to look at the next two drafts. You can't just mm-hmm. look at this one, uh, which, I mean, maybe I'll get crucified for saying that. But I, I think if you like look at this crop of quarterbacks and you look at next year's and you're, okay, well, this one's got, two three guys we're down to take next year's got one so to me it's important to look at both because you know this year if you need to make a more aggressive move it's more worth it versus Mm -hmm. conversely if next year you go there's three and this year there's one then we can't get that one guy fine we don't worry about quarterback till we take a shot at someone later and then next year if we want to we go get someone else you know so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I i just think that quarterback always changes the narrative of like any of these conversations you want to have. But impact defensive ends, man, then even when you want them to come around every draft, they they don't come around like Chase Young. That dude mm-hmm. is that yeah. dude is something. That's what I'm saying.
0: Um Yeah, I was looking at like like both of our teams have seven picks. Seahawks have three compensatory picks.
1: Yeah. Um just Stupid Schneider. Why are you so <laughs> mm. um, Clever, man.
0: And then the Rams and uh, Cardinals have six picks. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, I was actually looking, like, the Jets have three picks in the first round. Like, are we uh, expecting them to be movers and shakers there? What, are they, what do you think they're going to do with all those picks? Are they going to move up and then trade back the other? Like, may, like, com- like take two of the first rounders, move up to number two, maybe? Take two up. Trade back the third
1: first rounder. I have to let's see here. So just looking at where where exactly their slots are because I'm just trying to remember off top like of my head.
0: Five, 18, and twenty something. I think
1: something like that. You said that you said the Jets, right? Yeah. So. Mm
0: you have five and 18 i mean you could potentially move up to two right i mean
1: oh i think you mean the dolphins that's what i meant
0: that I is what mean you the mean
1: offense that yeah, division man. hey that division it's just jason living in your head don't worry uh, about <laughs> it so the dolphins yeah great great point i think um, when you see a team that has this much draft capital i mean yeah they can they can freely move up and down as uh, the board as much as they want there's been these rumors floating that oh you know they don't know if the quarterback they covet, whether it's Tua or even if it's, uh, excuse me, Herbert, oh, oh. that they might um, want to trade up to get them. And it's like, well, they could package deal together and still have plenty of picks this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, So, I, I don't know, having 5, 18, and 26 makes me think that the one in the middle is kind of maybe the easiest to move out of just mm-hmm. because – there's gonna always be a slide of someone that you didn't think was gonna be there at 18. You can kind of, you know, let that happen, but that would but be if they're sp- gonna
0: if they're gonna push five up to like two or something, they have to do that before any of that sliding happens.
1: Oh, sure, the, sure, sure. That know, would be different, like, yeah. Um, uh, so it, do, do short, you think
0: that they like does Tua fit their their scheme?
1: I, I think Tua keeps getting connected to them because it's it's long since been rumored that like from. When he, you know, miraculously kind of came on the scene during the national championship game and uh, led them to that, that dramatic win, that from literally that moment, the, you know, brain trust in Miami was like, this is our guy. We're like, they would have been enamored. So uh-huh. uh, I think going from that, I would think as long as the medicals are, are, are good, that they believe what they're hearing. And, you know, right now Tua says he's 100% he can play, which what else are you going to say, I would think, but yeah. you know, most of the doctors at least the reports have been positive and that he's healing up great and that you know he'd be able to even do a pro day if he needed to but i think if he's a guy then i i don't i think they'd be willing to trade up to get him because if this is a multiple year you know love affair they've had then they're going to do whatever they can to get to him and mm-hmm. that might be move up with Washington who's in a Washington and Detroit are in great selling, selling positions for, for their yeah. draft. Uh, because if Burrow does go number one, we've been, we have spent a good amount of time talking about how great Chase Young can be and how much we think he's going to be an absolute baller. Defensive ends like that, you are willing to trade up for. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I've sort of just developed a theory that quarterbacks, receivers, defensive ends, uh, whether you want to flip two or three – meaning receiver or defensive end, I think those three positions, It's all, you can almost trade anything to move up for, and if, it, if the pick is a hit, it's usually worth it. So I think the Dolphins could. If they do, I would expect it to be – I would really expect it to be they're going to put the pressure on Washington, who just drafted a quarterback last year, to be like, okay, you want to play hardball? Let's see. If you really think you're going to take Tua, then we'll run that risk, and then if mm-hmm. they don't, then Miami could jump to three, and mm-hmm. the Lions would be ecstatic to drop back to five because I think their biggest need is actually a corner. Now that uh, Darius Slay got traded, they mm-hmm. could go corner, they could go defensive end as well. So they drop back, and they probably get Jeff Okuda, who they were going to take anyway, and mm-hmm. just get extra picks for it. So, yeah. you know, I think Detroit is in a great, great selling spot.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, there seems like there are a couple of quarters, corners who could go in the first round for sure. So,
1: Yeah, I could yeah. see – I really – I mean, I easily see – I could easily see two. I think um, a lot of people have been speculating whether it's going to be, you know, three or more. But mm-hmm. I think mean, it just it, – it depends um, who – you know, how you slot those guys and kind of what you think. Yeah, I, sure. I th- Yeah, but I think uh, of the teams with multiple first-round picks, yeah, Miami, Miami can easily shake things up the most. Mm-hmm.
0: Holy crap, we've been talking for a while. Um, maybe we should, uh, we'll just throw Craig a and just uh, talk about the new era Patriots for a minute before we I sign off. I want them.
1: him to keep listening though, we don't have a choice. So. Right, we have to talk about the Patriots. There's no
0: There's no question. Uh, is Stedman, Stedman, how do you spell that guy's name? I don't know, I have no idea how that guy's name is spelled. I believe it's, anyway. it's Stedman. I'm just gonna slur it, sir, Yeah, sure.
1: Not
0: because, not because of beers.
1: Yeah, by choice slurring, I get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is he is he the guy do you think he's like he's he? yeah is he the next
1: guy? i i think uh, well i mean it's hard it's hard based off of like you know what little i think we've seen of him. i saw saw him play a little bit in college i mean he you know i think just getting drafted by the patriots puts you on a little bit of a different you know expectation path and that they definitely think he could he could do what they need to do to win which you know maybe isn't maybe isn't you know save the day all the time. It's more just don't, you know, don't shoot yourself in the foot and we'll be able to get things done with this defense and mm-hmm. maybe they'll more on the running game. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what their whole offense looks like. Uh, I think it's interesting that a lot of people are just rumoring, oh, well, what about Cam going there? Or even people saying, what about Winston mm-hmm. going there? And also, I'm like, I don't know. I, I just don't see either of those guys being a fit for what the Patriots probably want to do, which is, you know, Avoid turnovers, and yeah, um, you have a
0: running back in in New England who fumbles for the second time, benched for the season. I mean, that's like that's how Belichick yeah, goes, right? So, the
1: joke, the joke I make anytime someone fumbles at all during a Patriots game is that dude's house is already on the market. Like Belichick <laughs> exactly. makes one phone call,
0: and yeah, won't. Winston's house was on the market before he was ever even considered for the Patriots. <laughs> Zillow gets
1: updated, and you out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think I could see it it's been it's been rumored a lot I'm not I don't think I'm throwing anything crazy out there right now I could see the the Patriots just taking a shot at a quarterback in the draft too if they feel like there's one that they could they could you know just limit the expectations early and then grow from there so mm-hmm. we talked about Tua we talked about Herbert we talked about Burroughs guys like Jordan Love have been rumored uh, in a lot of different spots I don't think all of them are going to go ahead of where the Patriots are picking I just think there's only a certain amount of quarterbacks that teams value enough to be like, oh, I got to trade up and get that guy. I got to trade mm-hmm. up and get that guy. Like, you know, there was the
0: But do you think there's any ego involved? Like, do you think Belichick wants to prove he can do it with Stidham, whatever his name
1: is, there, I'm sure there's ego involved. There's ego involved with all these guys. There's no doubt about it. But to me, it's just as much, does he want to do it without Brady or does he want to do it with Stidham specifically, right? I think he's just like, well, oh, I can – I can make this work. I can find I can find someone that can make this work. If it's not right now, if it's not in the first round, I still think they're drafting a quarterback. I don't think they're walking out of this draft without a quarterback, whatever way they want that to go. The perfect scenario for them, which I I almost don't even want to put out there because then somehow, you know, it's going to happen and I'm going to be like, I'm an idiot. (laughs) Uh, Is uh, someone like Jalen hurts just sliding. And so he's like, he's, I think he's exactly what they want to run uh, the, the type of quarterback they want to run with where he's, he's got it up here. He's cerebral. Mm-hmm. He's coached up by Nick Saban, Nick Saban and Belichick are boys. They've been They've been connected for a long time. He'll Belichick will have a direct path to what's the best way to motivate this guy. What's the best way to keep mm-hmm. him on, on to, whatever he needs to have questions about. It's, it's all right there. And yeah. then hurts. Like I said, how many quarterbacks can go in the first round? Not every team needs one. So not every team is going to be willing to trade up a bunch for them, right? So naturally, some of these guys are going to slide. And I think the Pagers are going to have their choice in the first round. And we're going to, we're going to see what happens. Plus, there's those later later picks. Not to um, always flip things back around to the Niners, but the Niners, the Chiefs, some of those picks, uh, teams that are picking near the end are in ideal trade-out spots because if a team does want a quarterback – a la the Ravens when they got Lamar Jackson, they traded back in, you get the quarterback in the first round that you want. Mm-hmm. You get that extra year of cap control eligibility, the fifth year, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, naturally it slates the contract completely differently too. So you mm-hmm. it, it, the, the upside is there. So I mm-hmm. think not that everyone necessarily wants to do business with New England and me and you joke about never wanting to trade with New England anyway. Um, you know, like, definitely don't advocate it, but I could see them doing that. Like they take a pass rusher, best player available at their slot. They trade back in at the end, near the end of the first round. And they just go, go back, go to work. Let them, let, let Stidham and whoever they draft, you know, fight it out. Or just say, Stidham, you're the guy, you know, you got, you got the year. We'll give you the year. If something happens, yeah. or if the team really struggles, we'll reevaluate. But you've got the year to prove whether or not you can do it. I don't know. I feel like the,
0: the, the cynical part of me thinks that Belichick would love to just show that, like, we we'll are just keep rolling. It's fine. It was all me. Like I, didn't even, like, I didn't even need to draft a guy. I've already got him. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, I'm either, like, such a good talent evaluator or, like, it's just it's so much the scheme, like, what I bring to it, that we can plug in a quarterback. Next man up, you know, do your job, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, even if they draft enough. someone – I don't know. Maybe if they draft someone, they just do open competition. And they're like, whoever wins it, wins it. And hey, Mm -hmm. either I already had the guy ready to replace Tom or I just drafted the guy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's still still flexing either way. Like, I don't know. Yeah. If they succeed at all, there's no way that Jalczak's not flexing in this situation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: That is if we have a season.
1: Back to that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think that – There's going to be a season?
0: Is there gonna be a season at all?
1: I mean, maybe there's a half a season. It's tough to say that. It's tough, it's, it's tough to say that the whole season is gonna be done. I, I mm-hmm. sort of continue to think that even if the first month were needed to be skipped, that yeah. they would just pick it up from there because, you know, in other times that there's been a lockout, I mean, they've had shorter seasons before.
0: Yeah, and they're letting,
1: and and they'll find a way to spin this as a. Aren't you glad we're letting more people into the playoffs now? So type of thing you know
0: no actually i'm not i'm not i'm still not (laughs)
1: it's not it's not hockey yeah um it it's crazy the amount of um teams that make it in other sports uh the percentage of the teams Uh, Mm -hmm. and football has always been lower and that's part of what's always made it you know so intense and uh, the fact that it's one and done in the playoffs. I mean just mm-hmm. they had it they had it perfect. I, I or not yeah. perfect. I think closest to perfect. Obviously the whole what happens when a nine and seven team wins a division and they host a playoff game like that start that's still annoying, but to me that's not anywhere near broken where this is like, oh this this could easily end up being like You can have a
0: seven game. or nine team get in the playoffs, you know, like a losing team. Like it I don't know. There's not enough parity to make that actually worth it to me, but yep. I
1: don't know. Anyway. yeah, Stupid NFL. Um, stupid NFL just come back with the same time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Please
0: play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think probably the most likely scenario is no preseason. Yeah. And then, I don't know. We just have to see. We have to see how the course of this stupid virus goes and everything, you know? Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um, everybody out there listening, both people out there listening. Yes. Craig, Nora's mom. Flatten the curve. Stay inside. Don't don't make unnecessary trips. Don't do stuff in groups of more than yourself. Or whatever the guidance is. I don't know.
1: Yeah, if you're looking for something to do to fill your time that you know you know probably won't ever amount to anything, just start a podcast. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we've done. <laughs> Welcome to the anniversary episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, you, you know, everything socially saying,
0: isolating before <laughs> it was cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, them <laughs> doing this. Son, where everybody at? Uh, no, I think uh, everything you said. Yeah, just stay safe. I think the um, the positive effects of just limiting exposure to other people and the outside world right now is it's it's well documented. So. Yeah. If you're already doing it, keep at it. I know it's not easy. It's not easy for me. It's not easy for, you know, we're both social people. It's not easy for either of us, but you just got to do it. It's the right thing to do right now. So.
0: Yeah. You think about this stuff on a big enough scale, and it's like, the universe doesn't care. Like, we're on this little rock in the middle of, like, this vast universe, and it's like, it's a miracle that there's even the conditions for there to be life at all yeah or for life to be kind of as like for the last like this period of time that we have inhabited that has allowed for like these ideal condition conditions for i mean i'm not going to count us among this but you know sentient life to exist and that like it's just such a like such a blessing such a miracle and just you know like we're like things are shitty right now but you know we should count our blessings in a lot of ways a lot of ways and just uh Appreciate the people we love around us, and um, give them a hug, and just like kind of do our best to get through all this and come out the other side. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, as uh, all the jokes and memes and everything that's out there right now are, are great, but uh, you know, this is time that you may you never know when uh, you're gonna get. You, you would you would want to have this type of time back with, with people or with you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, whoever you can spend the time with. So do that. Thank you to everyone for listening for five years. Hopefully yeah. uh, this podcast will be able to give you some kind of entertainment or distraction from whatever it is. Uh, you know, you needed to be distracted or entertained uh, mm-hmm. and, and like right now is a prime example. Hopefully we can do that. I mean, lo- Lord knows we can take up an hour and a half of your time like that. So just, you yeah. know, was or more. <laughs> or or more.
0: <laughs> yep. Cool. All right. Well, this has been the Slant & Go Fifth anniversary edition. Woo! Woo. All right. Um, yeah, we'll catch on the flip side.
1: Sounds good. Cheers, everybody. Stay safe.